Looking for a verbal hand job? Yes, 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 yes. Release your frustrations and listen to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. It's like yeah. a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going Renegade on. Talk Las Vegas. It's like a jungle sometimes. I'm your host, E.G., the motherfucking Urban Scholar. And yeah, we got an open forum. We got a good one. Let's get into it. Let's go. Broken glass everywhere. People on the stage, you know they just don't care. I can't take the smell, can't take the noise. Got no money to move out, I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back. Junkies in the alley with the baseball bat. I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far. Cause a man with the touch repossessed my car. Don't wish me cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Slowly before y'all time, I don't know. Man, it's before my time, but still don't mean we can't forget about it. Man, have I got a show for you all today. Had to take a break. All the politics, all the bullshit going around in the world. Trump, Kim K, Kanye, all the celebrity bullshit, beef. <laughs> you know I got to get into it. Man. So, hope you all had a good couple days. You know, it's been a lot going on in the media and a lot of political, politically correct, incorrect. A lot of things have been going on and I just decided to take a break from all that bullshit, honestly, and get into what we know and what we know, (laughs) you know what we know better, the music, the hip hop, the rap this side so today we're going to have an open forum we're going to talk about some of the beef we're going to talk about the 10 greatest rappers of all time and we're also going to talk about the 10 best battle rappers of all time so you know we're going to have a lot of controversial a lot of opinions um a lot of people they have their own opinions on who they feel like the greatest rapper of all time and the lyrics oh he was better oh no he won the beef he won he won this okay so let's get into it let's get into it well first of all i'm gonna go to the latest beef in this hip-hop world which is the pusher t and drake feud has been for the most part unremarkable pusher has previously been more occupied with Lil Wayne, while Drake has had high profile fights or indirect with anyone from Meek Mill to Kendrick Lamar. However, thanks to the release of Pusher's new album, Daytona, which I think was very brilliant, it was very well put together, the feud between Pusher and Drake has reached an all new all new high both artists releasing diss tracks aim at each other but were man but were feuding in the beginning but let's take a brief look at their history of beef in 2006 calypso verse lil wayne pusher had a feud with lil wayne since 2002 but the first public diss came on a track called mr me too it was a classic. At the time, Pusher was still performing with Clips, a group composed of himself and his brother, No Malice. The duo 
were wearing lots of babe clothing at the time. And when Lil Wayne dressed in babe attire on the front cover of the Vibe magazine, they claimed the rapper copied their style. Oh, did you know that? On Mr. Me Too featuring Pharrell, they rapped, want to know the time, better clock us. In words, bite the style from the shoes to the watches. I know you remember that verse. Wayne responded during an interview with Complex later that year, telling the publicist, you're talking to the best. Talk to me like you're talking to the best. I don't see no fucking clips on, man, come on, man. So, yes, Wayne was talking shit against clips, and yes, you already know, it got a little heated. 2011, Pusher T releases Don't Fuck With Me. How does Lil Wayne and Pusher T fighting over who were babe first relate to Drake? That Wayne beef was ultimately a little deeper than a fight over a clothing brand. The pair sparring with other over the years on various tracks. So when Drake joined Wayne's label, Young Money Entertainment, the rapper became fair game for a pusher who first went after Drake on the track, Don't Fuck With Me, a song that samples Drake's own Dreams Money Can't Buy, which itself samples John Paul, I'm sorry, Joel Paul. Rappers on the sophomores acting like their boss lords fame such a funny thing for sure when N-words start believing all them encores. Pusher rapped, alluding to Drake, who released his second album, Take Care, later that year. So, yeah, this beef has ongoing and long stemmed out. If you didn't remember, Pusher T and this Lil Wayne beef has been going on ever since Lil Wayne kind of wore the bape and also he got on Rhapsody the, the Basement and said some things dissing towards Pusher T, also towards Gilly the Kid, calling him Gilly the Squid. I don't know if you remember that, but let's move on. Pusher raps, the lyric pen equaled the Trump's winning. The bigger question is how the Russians did it. It was writing like Nas, but it came from Quentin. Well, that verse right there said a lot. Quentin Miller was supposedly Drake's ghostwriter, and also a couple of reference tracks have came out also stemming from Quentin Miller being Drake's ghostwriter. A reference track is before you do an album, you have all your reference tracks which go to the actual main label. And they pretty much have to sign off and know what you're talking about. So if they find a lyric or word that they don't actually like, they can actually send it back to you and tell you to change it. Unless you have what they call 100% creative control of your music as an artist. See, we can go deep with this because I own my own label, so that's a whole different story. Anyway, <laughs> many were expecting the Canadian to respond on his upcoming album, Scorpion, due later this year. However, Drake had other plans less than 24 hours after Daytona reached streaming services and Drake released the song Duppy Freestyle, which opened with him signing. <laughs> yeah, that Duffy Freestyle, I'm sorry, but it was cool. It was a nice shot. 
but the infrared did it. See, the thing is, as you all can see, Drake doesn't have enough ammunition for Pusha T. And that's the problem. See, when you have ammunition, it becomes different. You can say a lot of shit to hurt a rapper when it comes to disses. But see, you have to understand that Drake wants to have ammunition towards Pusha T. But Pusha T has a little bit more ammunition because Pusha, he's not really out in the mainstream. He's more of an underground, I would say mid-level, most unknown, known, unsigned, hype, whatever you want to call it. So with that being in itself explained, when it comes to these lyrics, it's a fight. I mean, it's Drake and Pusher T, two lyrical juggernauts of our time. I mean, Pusher T, he spits the street with it. Drake does spit a little street with it, but he just keep it so lyrical and he makes you think. And he actually brings you down to an overall standpoint with his lyrics. So that is in itself a very hard battle and a very hard thing to decide who really won it. Well, I heard that the Cash Money Camp and Jay Prince told Drake not to respond after he did this Addison, so far as Pusher T's last disc. Me personally, I just, I really want to know how the world feels. Um, if it was left up to me, which is not, I would say Pusher won. But that's a whole different fight in itself because I'm not taking anything away from Drake. Mainstream, superstar, he has it right now, you know? So that within itself is a long out, drawn out fight and battle. Moving on, um, I had to talk about the Meek Mill and Drake situation. I know it's kind of old, but it just kind of got swept under the rug after they kind of ended the beef. Well, me personally, I thought that, okay, overall, song after song, we want to talk about songs. I mean, I'm going to have to give it to Drake, okay? That back-to-back, the energy, that control, it just was, <coughs> excuse me, it was just, in itself, I don't know. It was just, man, what can I say? Okay, let's break it down a little bit more. Let's go a little bit more in depth. So the main beef was, if you ask me, it was over Nikki. It was over Nikki. Drake and Nikki were feuding over this superstar female, which everybody likes. We understand. We definitely understand. Women can take you there. You can feud. I have my feuds. It's okay. But when it comes to this music and you add a female into this music, the beef can go a little bit sour. And where it went, it got so deep as to where both of these MCs were at each other's hotel, a couple floors from each other, and... I'm surprised things did get ugly. They kept it gentleman-like, but I can imagine that night was history in itself. Um, Drake had the 
Uh, <laughs> that story was just so crazy. Meek Mills was upstairs from Drake, and they said Drake played back to back all night, knowing that Meek and Nicki were downstairs. So the person you're beefing with in this rap community is playing th your diss song before it even comes out all night just so you can hear it downstairs. Oh, man, I can imagine how Meek felt after that. Anyway, they go on to say that the beefs. OK, so what Drake had, don't quote me, what, two beef songs, if I'm correct. And then Meek had. Let's just say I give or take about because he did come out with with two short mixtapes. Uh, Pray, I, I love I love that mixtape. It was actually hot. Actually, it was done right, but the format to me he would have won with that mixtape if he had a little bit more. If he had honestly, if he would have just kept it straight dissing, if he would have had four straight diss. This diss tracks coming at Drake, he would have definitely won that battle, hands down. But since he didn't, since he kind of threw that, you know, hip hop songs into it, which I understand, which is nothing wrong with it. But you got to understand, once you put out a mixtape in the middle of a beef, you kind of got to really come directly at him. Okay, you cannot hide, you cannot kind of cover up, you cannot have just two disses, you gotta hit them all the way where it fucking hurts it. There can't be no letting up, there can be like anything, you gotta come straight directly at them. You gotta catch a body, you gotta bite his fucking head off in this rap shit. You know, you can't half ass, it has to be all the way just straight cut though. And I think that's where he kind of fell off at. Okay, it was some nice disses, but that back to back, then when he took it on tour and actually took a tour with it, oh man, shit, I just couldn't even, I don't even know where to go with that. Okay, with that being said, let's move on to another great battle rap. You know, I had to talk about it, I had to say it, my comments were, whew, my comment line was crazy. Um, let's move on to this Tupac and Biggie. Yes, legendary, legendary battle. Legendary, gruesome battle. Uh, talking about your mother, kids, staff. Man, um, that in itself, Biggie had a good comeback, honestly. Not to take away from nothing away from Big, one of the most brilliant lyricists of our time. You know, um, man, what can I say? This just in itself was a great one. I mean, this is a battle that will be talked about forever. Who won Biggie, Pop. Well, let's get into it. That hit him up. That was a great one. That hit him up was a classic. It was a classic. Then you have Who Shot You, Biggie. Several remixes. We heard the original. I don't know if you heard the original. It's pretty good. Then it was a couple more big subliminal songs see he never really kind of wanted to just get directly into the beef that's the main thing if you kind of notice but that was more so of the media hyping up the east coast west coast beef just to sell more 
CDs and to cause more controversy and to make us look more like animals. I'm gonna just be honest, that's all that shit was. At the end of the day, both of them young men, cause at the time they were young men, honestly, I've been their age and man, it is a tough time and every your egos are big. And when it comes to money and power, oh man, it is very hard to not get out of the eye, which I understand. And being Tupac with his Black Panther background and his whole brilliant background and Biggie having his street background, it was definitely two individuals that really could have came together and made some beautiful music, honestly. They really could have did a lot for our generation and changed our generation and certain things would not be like there are now. I really would like to see and wonder, just like the whole rest of the world, if Tupac and Biggie were alive right now. Think about that for a second. Would music be the same? Would mumble rap have even came about? Little Yachty, Little Pump, all these harmonic and fucking auto-tune rappers and what that really even came about, Renegade Nation, do you understand what I'm saying? Are you here with me? Are you following me? I hope you are because it's been very educational. I hope you learned a lot from this. We're not done. We're not done at all. Linda's looking at me, half of my staff is not here. So that's gonna play a part on what's going on today. It's all right, so let me pay a few bills and we got a lot of good show for you. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Looking for a verbal hand job? Yes, 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 yes. Release your frustrations and listen to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. We're back. E.G. the Urban Scholar, Renegade Talk Las Vegas. I did some charity today for the kids, but it wasn't charity. I saw with clarity the severity of the matter is. I'm in a game of your sports analyst. Blowing smoke up your tails and calling it cannabis. Wanna talk about a ghost writer when a ghost write up? I'ma have all ears flaming like ghost writer. I talk about the money cause I made it. Can't play with me, my character locked, I'm shaded. When you're invisible, it's kinda difficult to hit my radar. You should call me Kareem Abdul J Bar. The way I tower over these boys, I got them hooked. When I'm mob deep, they yeah. shook. Shows they never book, but they steady reading. What a first segment. That was very uh interesting, interesting, interesting. I know a lot of people might not agree with me, but fuck it. So, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. We have more in store. Well, we're going to get into the 10 greatest rappers of all times. Yeah? 10 greatest rappers. Yep. she been very interesting, very interesting. Everybody has their grades or their top 10, top 5, top 20. Well, I went on Bing earlier and saw what they was talking about. And to them, these are the 10 greatest rappers uh, of all time. Each represented the distant 
fusion of voice, storytelling, ability, creativity, and general influence through the microphone. Rap remains controversial as it's often misunderstood by outsiders. Yes, it is. Mock by the masses as a lesser art form. Thank you so much. For his part, critic Bill O'Reilly has often blasted rap as the mouthpiece of a violent and <laughs> I can't believe that. I don't know what to say that. As a violent street culture. Ironically, O'Reilly may find himself largely in agreement with rapper Notorious B.I.G., who once riffed the streets as a shortstop. Either you're slanging crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot. And that is classic. That's a classic rhyme. I know you all remember that. Yes, the rap game began as a sanctuary for the inner city youth. Today, however, the rap is blared from the loudspeakers out in rural Minnesota to the raging nightclubs of Libya and everywhere in between. On other end of the spectrum, fans of the real hip hop have been known to blast executives for their, what the fuck, for their extremely provocative music that they put out that they claim to be radio friendly hits that are rather light on lyricism and on heavy bass. So they're saying that the fans of this new music are criticizing the executives so far as the Jimmy Iovines, the Rick Rubens on what the fuck that they're really putting out. Because you know, these head people of the industry put this music out and decide what's really hot. So my big question is some of the music that they're actually putting out, is it hot? Do you think some of the mumble rappers that they call mumble rappers nowadays, do you think they actually deserve a spot in hip, in hip hop? Honestly, do you really think that they deserve to get their video even played? I mean, not to say that they haven't worked hard or I don't take anything away from their grind and hustle, but do you think that their music is actually good enough to compare to the greats, to the music that we know? To the Nas, to the Jay Z's, to these other people that you really have to compare it to, shit. Even Master P. I mean, are there, you know, what I'm saying, is there music better than some Pimp C, than some old music? And if it's not, I mean, do they even deserve to even actually get on and have a voice for this music? It's not about being a new generation or the new freshman class. I've seen a new freshman class. I know about maybe what two of them. The rest of them, I can care less or give a fuck about, or they're not really making any big sounds with the youth. But see, to me, you got to be universal. You know, the people 40 to 50 years old have to like your music and the people 10 to 20 years old have to like your music. To me, that's a real hip hop artist. That is a real artist. That is a real lyricist. You can't just have be one sided because when you one sided, your money's going to be one sided, which means you're never going to really get any real money. The little local money, that's cool for now, but everybody wants to get that big paycheck. Trust me. Well, let's get into it. The 10 greatest rapper of all times. Again, this is brought to you by Bing. We have coming in at number 10. <laughs> I didn't. I can't make this up. I'm not making this up. I'm just telling you how I read it. Number 10, Giza, G-Z-A. Yes, that's right. Giza from the Wu-Tang, the 36 Chamber slash Liquid Swords. I'm going to just give you a brief, excellent, a brief detail. Gary Grease, a.k.a. 
Giza, aka the genius, has made it onto this list as a primary representative for the Wu Tang Clan for hip hop. The Wu is comparable to the Kennedy the Kennedy dynasty. Well, that's enough into that because I know a lot of people are not going to agree with, with, with that in itself. Number nine, we have Andre 3000 from the legendary group Outkast. Okay, I can agree. It should be top 10. Out about number nine, I would have placed him a little bit ahead, but hey, that's okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Andre Benjamin a.k.a. Andre 2000, along with Outkast partner Big Boy, helped to refine the Atlantic scene away from bass and party music and toured storylines featuring a southern draw for his part. Andre 2000 transformed from a skinny youth bowl-cut MC out of southwest Atlanta over to a poetic classic artist. We have number eight, A.Z., Classic, classic, motherfucking AZ. His classic album, Do or Die. I know if you all remember that. Well, let's get into a small details. The legacy of Anthony Cruz or AZ has somewhat overshadowed beneath the star power or close ally Nas out of Brooklyn. AZ is the most underrated rapper to grace the microphone. I can kind of agree for a different time of era. Yes, he is notable for his relatively high-pitched delivery and aggressive lyrics. Yes, I can say AZ. If you're not really familiar with AZ, go check go check him out. He has some classics. I fuck with AZ. Again, let's move on. Number seven. <laughs> Classic Snoop D-O-double motherfucking G. Yes, classic album, The Doggy Style. You already know. Out of Long Beach, California, Snoop introduced himself to the entertainment world while trading verses in, in bars with Dr. Dre on deep cover. From there, Snoop started as a talent protege who's featured heavily throughout Dr. J's classic album, The Chronic, in 1993. And yes, who I remember, The Chronic, oh my God, classic album. Let's go. Let's get into it. Number six. Yes, yes, yes. Scarface. Yep, from the Ghetto Boys. Scarface. Classic album, The Diary, My Homies, and Untouchables. Yes, Scarface legitimized Southern rap as the lead member of his Ghetto Boys group. His subject matter was typically dark yet authentic. For the past 20 years, a growling Scarface has grappled with murder, court cases, hustling, total loss, and humiliating circumstances through his storytelling career. Yes, we all love Face. Man, we can't get enough of Face. He tells them good Southern storytellers. Oh, man, my mind is playing tricks on me? Come on, man. It don't get more classic than that. Number five. Yeah... You might agree with this one, but to me, uh, he's my fourth, but it is what it is. Nas, classic album, Illmatic. Yes, yes, yes. In 1994, Nasty Nas exploded onto the scene with Illmatic, which mainly went down as the greatest hip-hop album of all, of all time. At the age of 19, Nasia Jones had put out a compact 10-song banger of fierce beats, gritty storytelling, sharp punchlines, and 
raging hip-hop fire on the microphone yes 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 oh man it was a classic album if you don't know the, nothing about the Illmatic you gotta go get it uh, that in this is just a classic number four <laughs> can you guess it I'm gonna give you a second just to guess nope too late Jay-Z yeah they said Jay-Z classic album the reasonable doubt yes 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 Jay-Z emerged as that rare personality that has successfully medievaled into the street cred. Popular, mass appeal, swagger, and the classic rags to riches story. As a rapper, Jay-Z may be most notable for his smooth delivery and authentic stories that compels, in addition to Nas, rappers like 50 Cent, Cameron, Jim Jones, and Prodigy have resurrected their careers simply. I can agree with that a little bit, but that's a different story within itself. Also, Jay-Z has 19 Grammy Awards. Yeah, Jay took the cake. That's to me, that's one of the classics out right now. He is our Tupac of right now. Some might agree, but most won't. I can care less, fuck it. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Number three. <laughs> Can you guess it? I'm going to give you a second. <laughs> Number three, Notorious B.I.G. Biggie Smalls. Yeah, Biggie Smalls, who shot you? Classic album, Ready to Die. Yep, I said it. Notorious B.I.G. built his legend upon the strength of freestyle battles throughout the Brooklyn bodegas of Jamaican descent, Big's booming voice, and hint of dominated streets, cred, recording studios, and dance hall clubs. Big described himself as a heartthrob. <coughs> Excuse me. Never black and ugly as ever. Still, his alliance with Sean Puffy Combs helped to create a flamboyant fat man who maintained for a beautiful woman fancy clothes, fine dining, and mentions <coughs> excuse me well yes big he was definitely of our time we love big we can't forget about big oh man it's biggie i mean there's nothing else to say it's big one of the great greatest oh, man it's biggie smalls i mean everybody has their own opinion but this is big Okay, moving on, so forth, so beyond. Yes, yes, yes. Our top two. I know, I know, you waiting. You know, I got to build up the hype just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, our first number two rappers. I, I know you're kind of wondering. I'm filling through some papers because this is a lot within itself. It's a lot within itself. Everybody wants to know. Top two. We got three. Of course, it was big. The top two. Oh, yes. We have Tupac Shakur. Now, not a lot has been said that I can already say about this. Tupac Shakur. Ah, oh, man. One of the greats in his time. He's been around with having a mother that was in the Black Panthers, a very politic, political family 
that a very, I would say a very revolutionary family. Man, his whole family, if you know what his family is, you got to get into it. Do your research. But this is real. I would say a Malcolm X, Martin Luther King of our time, one of, to me, one of the number ones. You know, if it was up to me, I would put him under number one. You know, that's just what it is. And number one, as we get into it, number one, who do they have? Hmm. I guess I got to give it to you on you old school cats with this. Yes, Eric B. Rakim. Well, let's be Pacific. Rakim, not Eric B. I just got to give the group credit, you know. But they have Rakim. Rakim, witty, punchlines, delivery, started a lot of his own signature styles, signature flows. A little bit before my time, I like him. I like him. Paid him for classic, classic. But uh, that the top ten that was a little bit unjustly. I don't know, but they did give a lot of rappers their justice. I don't know if I would say. I mean, so far as what I can see, if they want to go with number one, so far as being old school rappers, I would have to say Karis One. Just me personally. KRS one, maybe you could have put um you maybe could have put who I wanna say. You have KRS one. You maybe could have put man, it's so much. I don't even man, I would have liked to sing Gangstar, the group. I don't know. There's so many. Um, man, you got Big L. He's in my top 10 somewhere. But it's just so many. We It's just so many. Well, the show's definitely not over. I still have so much to talk about. And still so much to go on with. Because you and I both know that these greats, we talked about the greatest rappers. We talked about some of the great beefs. You know, so where else can we possibly go with this? Hmm. I want to hear some things. I want to hear, man, I just want to know, America wants to know, where do we go next? I suggest that we're actually going to have to go to you all know. <laughs> we're going to have to go to the R&B, okay? R&B is next. And... You know, that's a lot within itself. Oh, man. Hope you get ready. We have a third segment. I don't usually do this, but shit. Fuck it. Flip a couple words. I can triple that in birds. Open your mind. You see the circus in the sky. I'm wrangling brothers, bonding and barely with the pies. No matter how you slice it, I'm your motherfucking guy. And just like a b-boy with 360 waves, do the same with the pot. Still come back, babe. Whether right or south par. Whether part of the jar, whip it around. Looking for a verbal hand job? Yes, yes, yes. Release your frustrations and listen to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. E.G. the Urban Scholar, Renegade Talk Radio. One, two, us. She, she and me. I fell in love. I got something so right. 
412, but she was listening on the phone. I thought I had it all together, but I was wrong, obviously. Cause what was once done in the dark, can the light eventually live That's the R&B. That's the R&B that I know right there. I know y'all can agree with that. Tell you, man. <laughs> man, that's a classic, man. I love Kells, man. I'm telling you, man. So, 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 so. Man, the top 10 greatest R&B. Man, that song right there, that's definitely better be top 10 or something. But unfortunately not, you know. Well, this top 10 R&B is based upon the billboards. Uh, it's based upon album sales, notoriety, uh, weeks that they spent on the chart, the top charts, billboard-wise. So don't get it confused. Yes, 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 we're at it again. This is EG, the Urban Scholar. This is Renegade, Talk Las Vegas, in case you forgot. I appreciate you for zoning and joining me. And getting off into my discussion. This is the open forum again. So, yes, we all in. Well, the top 10 greatest R&B artists of all time. Hmm. I know you have your own opinion, but this is facts. This is what the billboard numbers don't lie. You know how it goes. Well, number 10 coming in. Al Green. Oh, man. Al Green. Uh, yes, Al Green, you could talk about soul music without devoting a good portion of the conversation to Al Green. Yes, when the sharecropper's son teamed up with the 70s mentor, Memphis record producer Willie Mitchell, magic was sparked. Yes, it was. His gospel, yes, his gospel-honored background excluded the ache and sexual tension that came with the romance on such as titles as I'm tired of being lonely and let's stay together. Yes, Al Green had a church background plus a street background, which tied both in together. And Al Green has some classics. I grew up on them. Classics, definitely great music. Number nine, we have coming in at I'm Every Woman Herself, Whitney Houston. Man, Whitney Houston. What can I say? Descended from R&B, gospel, slash pop royalty. Yes, yes, yes. Inspirations. Ah, oh, man. Inspiration so far as Elvis Presley and Aretha Franklin. Uh, and her cousin, Donnie Warwick. Whitney Houston hit the ground running in 1985 with the debut single and her first R&B number one hit, You Give Good Love. Classic. Her powerful, soaring voice mesmerized audiences all across the world. The voice immediately sustained her and separated her from most R&B women at her time. Yes, I agree. She had a wonderful, powerful voice. Whitney Houston, man, it's a shame how she went. I don't know. That story in itself is a whole other topic and a whole other time. Anyway, number eight. I know you're wondering. Number eight. We have 
a legend himself also, which I hate. They took his ass out too. Man, he was a great. And number eight, we have Prince. Yes, yes, yes. Prince, innovative, innovated the music of R&B, soul, funk, jazz, rock, and more. Put the singer slash songwriter, multi-instrumental, and hometown Minneapolis on the map in 1978 with his soft and wet. Then it kicked in full force a year later with the first R&B number one hit, I Want to Be Your Lover. That was classic, man. That's... Wanna be in your love, man? Come on, man. <laughs> Had me singing in this motherfucker, man. Well, you know we got we must move on because she looking at me. Linda's looking at me like, hurry the fuck up. Your pastime, fuck you. You know this is my show. I'm doing what the fuck I want to do. Anyway, number seven, Marvin Gaye. Number seven, Marvin motherfucking Gaye, man. Marvin Gaye, sensational voice has already left an impression imprint during the 60s run that included engaging duets with Tammy Terrell and the spirited revamped of I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Then the preacher's kid answered his true calling and refined R&B and soul with the socially themed 1971 landmark album, What's Going On? Yes, that album came out during the Vietnam times and Man, I know it helped a lot of soldiers get through their days, and I can imagine. Shouts out to everybody that served in that war. It was definitely a... I tip my hat off to you guys. It was definitely hard. I can imagine. Well, number six, James Brown. Yes, James Brown, the godfather of soul, brother number one. The hardest working man in show business. James Brown was all that and more during a six-decade career that influenced funk and brought back black pride into the music. Brown's gritty street-edge vocals and a cross between singing and talking also laid the foundation for rap and hip-hop. Yes, that's right. He laid the foundation for us MCs and now you rappers. I bet you know that. Yes, he did. Great man. Man, innovator of his time, definitely miss. Okay, number five. Now this kind of shocked me, but she's definitely, I mean, she held her spot. I can admit it. I'm just surprised she wasn't in the top three, to be exact, Aretha Franklin. Yes, Aretha Franklin. 12 years after Ray Charles fathered the genre gospel, Singer slash songwriter, musician Aretha Franklin took soul to new heights with her 1967 breakout, Respect. That was a classic. That was a classic. And you make me feel like a natural woman. Man, I'm telling you. The queen of soul, Aretha's distinctive voice gained her to her rise to fame. Man, she definitely did. Strong voice, powerful voice. Man, we all loved her. Number four, <laughs> you know it. This was a classic too. <laughs> the genius, the genius is what they called him, Ray Charles. Nicknamed the genius for his skills as a singer, songwriter, musician, and composer, Ray Charles set off a firestorm in 1955 
that when he soared his first number one single, I've Got a Woman, and pioneered the soul genre, his game-changing combination of R&B, gospel, and blues, despite naysayers who tagged the booty-shaking blend as blasphemies and sexual subjections. Charles racked up such classics as Hallelujah, I Love Her So, and What I Say, and Hit the Road, Jack. All classics, man, he took, can you imagine back then taking some gospel and making it sexual or seductive? When you talk about ahead of his time, oh man, great, 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 great. Number three, yes, I'm gonna take it there, Smokey Robinson. Smokey, with his piercing green eyes, sweet voice, and prolific pen, William Smokey Robinson has kept females soothing since 1960. When he and his group, the Miracles, helped put Motown on the map with such long charge hits as You Really Got in Hold on Me and Ooh Baby Baby. Then the R&B poet Robinson further stroked this romantic flames with a string of solo hits, including Baby Come Close. Yes, he had classics, some baby-making music of that time, Smokey Robinson. Never forget him. Yes, number two. Number two. Can you guess? Give you a second. Nah, sorry. Stevie Wonder, of course, of his five-decade career. Man, these people, I'm telling you, man, it's one thing I can't say. These older artists, 20, 40, 50, 60 years, man. I'm telling you, we should all learn from these greats. Over the course of his five-year five decade career, Steve Lynn Morris has often been dubbed the eighth wonder of the world. I can agree. Blind since birth, but blessed with the natural gifts as a singer-songwriter, Wonder is one of the few artists able to successfully transition from teen to adult stardom. Along with his colorful journey, the Motown turned out a series of pioneering and still influential albums including his signature masterpiece songs in the key of life yes he has some classics and i know you all still to this day no matter any wedding any wedding in the world still play stevie wonder a ribbon in the sky i know you still play it don't act like you ain't heard it at every single wedding i even heard it at some funerals which is still crazy but hey whatever you love <laughs> i like so hey Number one of R&B of all time. Hmm. Can you guess it? I know. I wonder. I wonder. The crowd wonders. Everybody wants to know. Hmm. What is his name? Hmm. Can you guess? Everybody wants to know. By now, it shouldn't even be a question. It shouldn't be even answer this is like a rhetorical question none other than himself from gary indiana hometown the man the most 
known person besides God himself. I said it. The man, Michael Jackson, a dynamic force as a preteen frontman of the chart topping family group, the Jackson Five, Michael Jackson moonwalked his way into solo superstardom more than 30 years after its debut the singer slash songwriter multi-platinum thriller remains one of the best-selling albums of all time of all time that's how you know he did his thing man oh my god you got this album believe it, it came out in the 80s and it's still one of the best selling albums of all time past diamond man if there was something past diamond they're going to give it to him and i'm pretty sure eventually they're gonna to have to make up something because this album still does at least what two to three to five million every single year then when he passed it even went soared even more oh my god renegade nation i hope you enjoyed this show i have definitely loved sharing my thoughts on this music and i love it as you see this is an open forum. I hope you enjoy it with me, agree with me. I know, believe me, I don't try to be biased. I enjoy the listenership again. Hope you have a good day. Let's keep it going. You know how it goes. It's only one way that I can take us out with the man himself. Let's go. Let's go.